Wouldn't it be amazing if there were an easy way to carve out time for self-care? I'm not talking face masks and manicures. I mean true enrichment for our mental, physical, spiritual, and financial health. I want to tell you about a new lifestyle app that launched this year called Shape and Foster. It provides monthly actionable insight from six experts in mental health, financial planning, nutrition, fitness, yoga, and life coaching. It's a one-stop shop for self-improvement. You create your own profile, watch videos by the experts, ask questions in a forum, be part of a community, and enhance your quality of life by improving awareness, your identity, and potential. Visit thatstotalmomsense.com backslash shape and foster for a free three-day trial and a discounted annual plan of just $89 a month should you decide to become a member. Moms and dads, we need to take care of our kids, but above all else, make time to take care of you with Shape and Foster. Hi, it's Kanika, and I'm back with a brand new season of That's Total Mom Sense, where I interview parenting experts, world-renowned thought leaders, best-selling authors, and trailblazing entrepreneurs on their incredible life stories and mom sense experiences. Hi, I'm Gabby Bernstein, and you're listening to me on That's Total Mom Sense. It's me, Bobby Brown, on Total Mom Sense. Can't wait to share my story. Hi, I'm Dr. Lisa, and you're listening to me on That's Total Mom Sense. Pandemic or not, these episodes will inspire you to make every single day count. Episodes release on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Join my tribe and subscribe wherever you listen so you never miss an episode. I have been through so much crap in my life and my resiliency has, you know, has always kicked in. And I think that if I had had an easier life growing up and I had had less challenges, I wouldn't have had the inner strength to look at major doctors at four medical centers in and around New York City, including Sloan Kettering. And when they told me I had a 99% chance of dying, right, from my cancer, I looked at them and my very first response out of my mouth was, well, somebody has to be the 1%, let's go. As moms, we often wonder, am I doing enough for my kids? I'm here to tell you, you are super mama. That's because we have an undeniable superpower, our intuition, and it never steers us wrong. I call it our mom sense. Hi, I'm Kanika Chadda Gupta, and I'm the host of That's Total Mom Sense. I'm a journalist, entrepreneur, wife, and mom of three, twins plus one. Now, if I had a dollar every time I heard, gee, you have your hands full. On my podcast, I interview influential moms from various industries and cover topics that all first-time parents grapple with, from getting your baby to sleep to screen time allowance, your new normal in your marriage, and how to dedicate time to yourself. Learn and laugh along with that total mom sense. My guest today is a force. She's a mother and a healer and a founder and a motivational speaker to a global audience with her life's work. From stage four cancer patient to Comedy Cures CEO, Saran Rothberg is a sought after healthcare thought leader, speaker, patient advocate, health and happiness expert, and is regularly featured on CNN, ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, and PBS. 
Siren collaborates with Fortune 500 companies, leading medical centers, the World Health Organization, the United Nations, the National Cancer Institute, U.S. military, and many prestigious universities and nonprofits. She creates innovative global wellness-related programming in all media formats, collaborating with a myriad of healthcare professionals, thought leaders, researchers, and entertainers to start conversations, share ideas at healthcare conventions, stimulate research, and find solutions across healthcare and many industries. Saran launched the Comedy Cures Foundation from her chemo chair in 1999 and today is cancer-free, helping over a million people at over 1,800 live and digital events worldwide rediscover their funny bone, mojo, and purpose. ComedyCures.org is an acclaimed nonprofit organization that brings joy, hope, laughter, and therapeutic edutainment to patients, caregivers, and those who need it most. I want to just cover high level some of the accolades that she has because it is truly remarkable. She is an Oprah's hero and was featured in Oprah's New York Times bestseller, Live Your Best Life. She is a YWCA woman of influence a World Health Organization health champion, AOL mom of the year. And some of the events that she's done that have been really groundbreaking are she was the first comedy event in the history of the United Nations and the launches of UN Women, the International Year of Youth, and the 52nd Congress to End Violence Against Women Worldwide. She um, has aligned with the World Health Organization, with the first UN Mobile Health Conference, with the first ladies from around the world, and a Guinness Book of World Records co-record holder for most people telling jokes simultaneously <laughs> in one hour. Saran, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm exhausted from that. <laughs> you should be. I mean, you just read it, and I was like, that's like my life. You just made me want to take a nap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, you, I think you're making everyone else feel especially inspired and motivated after hearing that to think you achieved so much in your lifetime and you're nowhere near over. It's, it's really, really incredible. So tell us about your childhood. I had a really amazing childhood in Philadelphia, not conventional, and most people would think it was a bit wackadoodle. Mm-hmm. But I, I, my mom is since deceased, but I had a blind mother, and my mom left my dad when I was four because her eyesight was fading quickly, and she wanted to see the world. She was very young; she was twenty years younger than my father, and so she left to go do that. In an era where single dads did not raise little girls, I mean, it was just so extraordinarily unusual, right? Now it's just common, right? Co-parenting, dad's parenting, stay-at-home dads. In my era, in the dinosaur era, (laughs) dinosaurs were walking around the earth. This was not heard of. I was just so pleasantly surprised by the serendipity that we had and we share. So we both were in media and worked as reporters. And when I was uh, with CNN in India, I covered the 2611 terror attacks. One of the attacks was on a Habat house called the Narman house. And I still remember vividly that the rabbi and his wife were shot point blank. And the surviving member of their family was their two-year-old Moshe. Oh, little boy. 
Yes. And our, and his, um, and his nanny, they were hiding in an alcove while the shooting was going on. And when we spoke about that, you told me about your special connection to Moshe. So talk about that. Well, I had wanted to write a children's Torah. So the Torah is like the Old Testament and it's done in scrolls and you see them in synagogues. They're kept in an ark. And I had been watching kids trying to hold and carry this, you know, sacred, these sacred scrolls. And one, they were too heavy. And two, I mean, for even an adult, even for me, they're heavy. But how do you pass on that knowledge and that wisdom to a child if they're not even allowed to hold it because they could drop it because it's so heavy? So I was curious, did they actually make little pint-sized Taurus for little kids? And I found out that they actually do. They're more expensive because they, they do them with calligraphy, but in Hebrew writing with a quill pen. And, and so I found out that they're more expensive, but that, that they can be done. So I had suggested to my, my synagogue that we write this and we all chip in and pay for it. And we do it in honor of the children so that the children can have their very own connection. And so this was maybe a year before the incident that you were involved in reporting. It just was something I had come up with. And then when this terrible tragedy happened, uh, we happened to be receiving into our synagogue these scrolls. And what was amazing was that someone in our community suggested that instead of dedicating this to the children of our synagogue, that we actually dedicate it Oh, this makes me emotional. Yeah. I actually dedicate it in memory of the little boy's parents who the rabbi and Rebbitson who were who were gunned down and yeah. that this become I know, I know, I feel it too. Today it's so yeah, bad. it's just I know, but it I mean it's it's so profound for you to share. So it's just that we can all imagine us, you know, as moms that that our parents, that our child would be witness to something so horrific. And I know that naming this scroll for him and in memory of his parents and having their life force and their energy in our synagogue. And then when every child takes, you know, takes hold of this from their parents and a parent hands it to their child, it's as if we're allowing the rabbi and Rebbitson to hand it to their own child. And right. every time I see it, I cry like now it just is something powerful. So when you shared with me that you covered it, it was pretty staggering of a connection to you yeah. Um, because of my connection through there. And also as a human being, just feeling for the situation. But what I think your listeners should know is that that night that we connected, we stayed on the phone. I I, she has twins. Two and a half hours, I think. She has little twins. I, I mean, no, it was like hours. Yeah, hours. I yeah, I can talk to you whenever. And like to have that be our first connection, I think it was divine intervention. Yeah. And we have to find Moshe. Yeah. Let's do that. 
Yeah. I mean, That's... I know that, I know that the grownups in his universe were very aware. There was some media coverage when we actually did the dedication, there were journalists there. And I, again, I didn't take any credit for it publicly because it just was so much my feeling that this had to be of the community right. and that it wasn't one woman's quest to write or one family's quest to write this Torah or one person's quest to take responsibility. So I literally just sat back crying my eyes out as the whole ceremony took place, just knowing that, you know, in this life, we're a vessel, right? We're a facilitator. And that in this small instance, I was just the facilitator that received that information. And I'm a doer. So I helped, you know, kickstart it and get it done, but in no way, like take credit for it. You know, it just is something that's, it's, it's beautiful. It's just a beautiful thing. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine if you reach out? Yeah, I'm going to. I'm going to. And then, yeah. And we're going to, I feel like there's some power there and it yeah. brought us together. Yeah. And we have Zarna as a link, but yeah. who knew we yeah. would have that as a link? You know, you were recently revor- divorced, had a baby girl and were, were, was diagnosed with cancer. What was that moment like for you? You know, bittersweet in a weird way. And I know people would probably not think of cancer diagnosis as sweet, but I actually thought I had cancer right after my daughter was born. I was breastfeeding and the upper left quadrant of my left breast did not drain. And I couldn't get it to drain. I went to lactation consultants. I tried every technique possible and it just wouldn't drain properly. And I come from a family where my patriarchal grandmother, so my father's mother had cancer, breast cancer, and she died in her forties. So in my twenties, I was very alert about you know, breast symptoms. And I went to 11 doctors over 18 months. No one ran a scan. No one took it seriously because I was so young and so healthy. Now that was back in 1993, right? Mm -hmm. Now the climate is very different. You know, they now know in research that pregnancy and breastfeeding is a great time to detect cancer. So it's it's very different now. But after 11 doctors and 18 months of trying, I honestly retreated, stopped talking about it. And it wasn't until six years later, 1999, when my daughter was five, that I actually had so many symptoms that I just couldn't deny the fact that I was in a health crisis and I had to get someone to hear me. I had a husband and then we got divorced. Mm -hmm. So that was a whole nother drama I was focused on. Just finally forget about your own body. You forget to listen to your own body. You ignore it all. And it caught up, you know, when my daughter was five turning six, I had full blown cancer at that point. And then of course, when I went in for all the scans, you could see it. It was like literally, I don't know, see that? Like you could see Mm, it through my skin. It was popping. Oh my Uh, God lower than that. But, you Mm -hmm. know, so they couldn't deny it. You could actually see it. Right. But what was crazy is it didn't show on any scan. 
right? I had 20 mammographies in a row. Like they just kept scanning, scanning, scanning. And because of the position of where it was, it just popped out of the field. So you could see it and touch it, but the mammography didn't help at the time. So, you know, they ordered other scans and you could see it. But so when I was diagnosed, it was like, you have cancer you know, terrifying, strangling, suffocating. But at the same time, I was like, yay, they believe me. I know it's wrong. We can get a game plan. We can attack this. We yeah. have to play catch up. It's been six years. Let's go. You know, oh so my bittersweet, gosh. very bittersweet. I have been through so much crap in my life and my resiliency has, you know, has always kicked in. And I think that if I had had an easier life growing up and I had had less challenges, I wouldn't have had the inner strength to look at major doctors at four medical centers in and around New York City, including Sloan Kettering. And when they told me I had a 99% chance of dying, right, from my cancer, I looked at them and my very first response out of my mouth was, well, somebody has to be the 1%. Let's go. Wow. Somebody has to be the 1%, right? I didn't see the darkness and I didn't see the the drama. Mm -hmm. I saw the light and that was my choice. And I think in life, we have that choice all day long. We have that choice with our kids. We have that choice with our colleagues. We have that choice with our spouses, with our coworkers, You can choose joy, life, positive affirmation, or you can walk towards what people perceive as pain, as crisis, as drama. And it doesn't mean that I'm never in that state or or I don't have problems or drama. It's just that my resiliency to employ other strategies to get my life back on track is so incredibly fine-tuned that I take it, I hear it, I process it, and then I get and then I get my life back on track. Yes, yes. Well, tell us about what the Comedy Cures Foundation does. Oh, it's so simple. We bring joy, hope, and humor when you most need it, right? So that could be a mom at the end of a stressful day, right? It could be somebody who was just diagnosed with an illness. It could be someone who was just told that they are getting divorced. Mm -hmm. It could be somebody that lost, just lost a parent. It could be somebody who's trying to get through an addiction. It could be somebody that has just experienced uh, bombing, you know, some act of terrorism or is involved in a, in a toxic domestic violence situation or domestic abuse, verbal or physical or financial, right? So it's really for everyone, right? It's really for everyone. And everyone comes to our programs because they're just so fun. Where are um, they? Where are the programs? Are they online events? and Yeah. Our programs used to be live, right? So we were the masters of live event programming. And those would be in, in ballrooms and community centers, in schools, in hospice and dialysis, um, in the UN, in the World Health Organization, in military bases, in senior centers, in orphanages. You know, we just were everywhere. It was just such an unbelievable blessing to be 
taking people on a journey, right, from their present situation to experiencing within the time of a program, whether it's a one-hour program, a half-hour program, a two-hour program, a three-weekend program, you know, whatever, Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. they would make this journey with us and then walk away with so many skills to approach their life and in their, their day in such a different way, right? So they used to all be live. And now because of the pandemic, we pivoted and we're all digital, except when we deliver amazing blessings to hospitals or underserved community centers, then just start doing online comedy. You know, our comedy is a very family friendly brand. It's for adults. Um, We do have children's programs, but uh, we really focus a lot on the adults and humor that wouldn't be inflammatory, that wouldn't make people feel badly, but it's still super funny. And then we have support groups where like workshops where we teach these strategies to patients and caregivers so that they can, you know, have an easier time, especially in the pandemic, in their responsibilities of either medical adherence, you know, taking their medicine, going for their for their scans and things when it's so stressful to enter a hospital or caregivers who are now dealing with the pandemic and being a caregiver and a work, you know, working at a job and having all of this responsibility with family, even beyond their caregiving role for say an ill person. So we just were so sensitive to all of that. And how could we deliver this right into your living room for free? Yeah, no, that's beautiful. I love that. Um, So let's hear a little bit about L'Oreal, your daughter, because she has had a prolific career herself at such a young age. Tell us a little bit about her and what she's working on now. So I don't know how many of you have kids that are so different from you, (laughs) but it didn't dawn on me until she was 16 that we are not alike because I planned this massive surprise party for her and she found out about it and canceled the entire thing. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And I mean, literally called everyone and said, do not come. It's not happening. And I was like, what? So she looked at me and she very honestly said, she said, look, you love people. Like you inhale humans. You're your happiest when you are like in throngs of people getting to know everyone. I don't like people so much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's yeah. Like, oh my goodness. Actually, I'm an extrovert because of you in the sense that I've been in this charity since I'm like five turning six. So six actually technically. So I've learned to just be in the public, but I'm really an introvert and I'd rather have a small group of my closest friends, like just a few, three, maybe then this massive party. you want the massive party. I don't want the massive party. So that, that is so eye opening. I only had one that I gave birth to. So, so like, I didn't have others to experiment with to see how I would do, but just this one, basically at 16 was like, you know, I have a different path. And, um, and so that's kind of was a defining moment for us, you know, as best friends, but also as a mom and a daughter. And so um, she's super artistic. You know, she had a massive record deal, very, very young. And, um, you know, she just, 
explored that and then decided when she was, before she was about to go on tour, she had to make a music video. And she realized making this music video that I actually don't want to go on tour. I don't care if people applaud me or or like my music. I just love the creative process. And she had the courage as a young woman, after all this time creating this album that was so anticipated by a major label, she and major producers, right? Like I could name the who's who of people that worked on this album, all top, top billboard, top chart, number one producers. And you know, she walked away and said, I think it's a waste of everyone's time. I really just want to create content. And she froze that entire music career. And she ended up selling two television properties, a pilot and a series. And she got this really incredible offer to be a writer. They created a a position for her on the Fox show called Prodigal Son. Mm-hmm. And she went on to a major network show as a TV writer. And now Prodigal Son's in its second season and she was promoted to story editor. So what's so cool is that her episode for 2021 will air March 2nd. And that is going to be available on Hulu. Um, if you missed it, it'll be in reruns on Fox. But what's so cool about this this season's episode is that it's when Catherine Zeta-Jones is introduced to the cast and Alan Cumming. So she's so excited. Not only does she get to write for Michael Sheen and Tom Payne and Bellamy Young and Lou Diamond Phillips, but now it's her episode, the winter finale, that gets to introduce two all completely new characters to the cast. And that was just super exciting and super challenging for her. And the other cool thing about the episode is that Lou Diamond Phillips is making his directorial debut for Prodigal Son on her episode. So she got to work with Lou on it. And they're all just yummy. Like, they're all just such great people. It's a great cast. It's a great writing staff. I love it. I love it. Um, Now tell us about uh, some initiatives you have going on right now. I am so excited to tell your people about what's happening because I think just as a mom with a dream, you can imagine what it would be like when a multinational corporation that's been in existence a hundred years cold calls you on the phone and just says, we really love your laughter and we really love your joy. And we just think what you stand for so fun and And the messages that you communicate about comedy and hope and and bringing so much levity to to families and to people in tough times. Like, we really want to help support you and what you're doing. (laughs) And I was like, okay, this is starting off really well, this conversation. (laughs) And then they go, we're the laughing cow. And I'm like, are you kidding me, laughing cow? I have your cheese. I love your cheese. Are you getting me? <laughs> That's awesome. So I was like, well, what, what are you, what are you thinking? What, what are you thinking? And yeah. they said, well, we'd like to give you $75,000 to support your programs. Wow. And wow. I was blown away. Amazing. Like, in a pandemic, somebody cold calls you and offers you $75,000. So I have to tell you, my first reaction was, do I have to go to France and milk some cows? 
<laughs> what do I have to do for 75? That's what you're already doing, I guess, right? <laughs> I think, do you need me to come milk cows? Is that what? <laughs> Monica and I are going to come and milk yeah. cows. Everybody that interviewed me is going to come. Exactly. I mean, we would just run at the chance to, to do whatever you said. Um, I didn't have to milk the cow. That's, yeah, and you don't have to. I mean, to, I would have. Yeah. I, I would have gone and milked cows. I would have done it to bake the cheese. Right, right, I right. actually said, no, just keep doing what you're doing. And then we have a vision to bring your laughter to the world. And I was like, excuse me? And they were like, yeah, we want to we create this super fun online experience where you can help share the laughter of all the people and all the lives you've touched on a global experience online. So basically create a laughter globe. Wow. And I was like, pinch me, like, are you serious? Do you know how many people I've helped laugh around the world? And if we could digitize all that laughter power. So this is in existence. This was just released and I want everybody, please go do it. It's so simple. You literally go to Comedy Cures right? And then it'll say, or go to Sarah.com, wherever you want to go, or just type in the laughing cow too. I mean, either which way. And there's just a link and it says like record your laugh and it will take you into this online experience. It's free, right? It's running 24 hours and you just sign in and you record your laugh. If you don't like your laugh, record it again. If you don't like your laugh, record it again. Do it with your children. Do it with your spouse. Do it with your parents. And I and I'm telling everyone this. I wish that my parents had been alive to do this. I mean, I wish I had that digital laugh. But here's Aww. what's super cool. Ready? Make the laugh their ringtone. Oh my goodness. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Like this dawned on me last night. Dawned on me. When you when you record your laugh, it's going to give you the option to make it a digital audio sticker. Okay. We send it to you and you can put your face on it or not. Like you could be anonymous or you can let the world know this is your face, this is your laugh and it will show you in the globe where you're calling from, right? Mm-hmm. Where you're where you're zooming in from when you're when you're traveling into the internet from. And so you can make it as private or as public as you want, right? Then when you get this in your inbox and it's going to come from, um, it's actually says the French name of the company because they're a French company, but it's laughing cow. When it comes to your inbox, save it, put it on Facebook, put it wherever you want to put it, share it with however you want to share it with, but make it your ringtone so that when your daughter calls, it's her laughing. When your husband calls, it's your husband laughing. When oh your mom gosh. calls, it's your mom laughing. Then when your phone rings, it's going to be laughing all day, right? Yes. And yeah, then and people just... are going to go, where is that from? And then right. you're just going to go, oh, create a global imprint of your laugh. I'm Amazing. so excited. Tell us about the comedians that you're working with. I know there's Seth Rogen and some others. So who are some celebrity comedians that you're well, we just did um, our second pro we just did our second program for Seth and Laura Rogan. They started a caregiving charity for families that are living without a person with Alzheimer's or dementia. Mm-hmm. And so I did a big workshop for them for caregivers. And then we just had a conference a week ago, and that's online. You can actually, if you go to Comedy Cures and again 
just ta- text me, tell me what you need and we'll, we'll get it to you. Yeah. Um, that's a caregiver conference and you didn't have to have somebody living with dementia or, or Alzheimer's. It could just be great for caregivers, but there is a, my panel is called, um, employing levity. And there are other people, um, Sean Hayes from willing grace is actually the moderator Love and there it. were four of us. And so you could listen to that, but I actually only got to hear one other panel because I was on a panel and Sanjay Gupta's panel on brain health is worth listening to. I mean, okay. it's just how to have a healthy brain. Right. I found the doctors riveting and it's something that I would definitely suggest. I've been emailing the link to people all day. They just keep mm-hmm. pounding me for the, for the link. We've had so many celebrities support us or perform for us or shout us out, wear our swag. So Jerry Seinfeld was a very early, his foundation, very early supporter, Jimmy Kimmel, James Corden, lovely, like different (laughs) projects or fun that we've done. Um, Howie Mandel um, out of Canada and Just for Laughs, the whole Just for Laughs organization and their comedy festival. I've been a comedy pro there for years. And what's so amazing is I just went as an attendee having cancer. And when they heard my story and what I was doing through Comedy Cures, they actually invited me as a colleague. So I go back every year as a mentor and a comedy professional. This year it's digital. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's they're lovely, just lovely people to deal with. The Wayans brothers, you know, have all worn the pin. Amy Schumer, Zach Galifianakis, Brian Regan, all the late night comedians have Kevin James has been a supporter and, you know, been at a program that we were collaborating on. Boy, we have on our website usually hundreds of names of comedians. Russell Peters out of Canada, Mm -hmm. um, Alan Carr out of England. You know, it's just amazing. Um, Avi Lieberman out of Israel and California, and then all the U.S. comedians. Um, We did six specials with Showtime that we were the official charity of. And so it's just, you know, there's, it's endless numbers, but they're all amazing. You know, Dave Chappelle is, has been a pro supporter, just loves, just loves what we do. We haven't worked with him personally. He actually, we, we have so many funny stories together, including at his tour that just happened before the pandemic at Radio City Music Hall. He's just lovely. I mean, these people are so generous and comedians will give you the shirt off their back. Yep. And Jim Gaffigan, the first time I met him, I had just started the charity and he heard about it because we were the official charity of a comedy club in New York that was opening. And he was one of the performers and he was just like, anything you need, just contact me anytime, you know, just that kind of generosity of spirit. Yeah. Amazing. You know, it is, it is, it it really is. Um, Okay. So I always end with the last three questions. Um, I love what my guests come up with. The first is what was a mom sense moment for you? And by that, I mean a time where you trusted your intuition, your mom sense. If I had to pick one, I will attribute that to my current husband. There was a, an event at my synagogue and the hotel, there's one inn in our town and that inn had double booked 
two events. So they double booked the people staying there for a wedding and they double booked people staying there for, for a celebration at my synagogue. And so I got a call from the rabbi of my synagogue. Could I house the family that was doing the event at my shul? Okay. Because they needed to be within walking distance and they did not have a place to stay. So I said, of course, they came over and I put them up for the night in my, in my home. And then there was a knock at the door and this woman looked very embarrassed. And she said, could I, and I was like, honey, do you need to stay here? It's okay. And she was like, well, I don't know you. And I, and I was like, no, 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 hurry up. The event's going to be starting. Just come in, come in, come in. And she was like, well, I have a room at the hotel. I just don't want to stay where I don't know anybody. And I'm like, of course, give up your room. Somebody needs it. Come stay with me. So that woman stayed over. The event happened. And then the next night she didn't leave. Okay. And I I wasn't going to kick somebody out of my house. So I just invited her to stay. So she stayed again. And then the next night she didn't leave. And I was like, should I invite her to stay again? So at the end of that, she actually said to me, you know, you're like one of the nicest people I've ever met. Like, I can't believe what you did. I would like to set you up with someone. I think I know the perfect person for you. Oh, wow. Right. And I was like, I'm sorry, I can't do that. I'm dating someone. And she said, break up with them. And I'm like, wow, she stays two (laughs) nights. And now she's telling me to break up with my Oh my gosh. So anyway, so I said, no, I can't. That's mean. Like I can't do that. (laughs) This woman called me every single month once a month to find out if I had broken up with this man, like talk about persistence. Wow. We get to the one year mark of this week that she stayed at my house and she called me again and she said, did you um, break up with the guy? And I was like, as a matter of fact, I did. And she goes, I cannot believe that you did not call me. I told you the minute I have someone for you. So I said, you know what? I like to take time. Like, you know, there's a long relationship. So anyway, she goes, don't date anyone. And so she called me back and said, I'm setting you up with this guy and you should look him up online. And I was like, no, I'm not looking him up online. I don't do that. I'll meet him and either we'll connect or we won't. So we go out, finally go out on our, on our first date and I'm sitting at the date and I'm like, wow, this is everything she said, you know, smart, funny, just great conversationalist, very handsome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I just really enjoyed being with him. So on the second date, this is where you have to trust yourself. I say to him, okay, look, this woman has been talking about you for one year. She has been trying to get us together. She thinks we're going to get married and have this whole long story. And we're so perfect for each other. Do you see what she saw? And he says, yep. And I go, you do? I was so shocked that a handsome bachelor in New York would say yes. Like, I mean, it was such an honest question. And he just unequivocally said yes. So I said, okay, there's no wrong answer. Like you can answer anything you want. And I gave him like four different scenarios that could play out. One was that we never see each other again. It was a fun date, second date, that's it. And another one was that we just decide no games, we're going to go for it. And then there were two other options. And he said, clear the decks. 
Wow. And I go, wait a minute, clear the decks. Like I don't date anybody else, but you keep dating people, but I don't know yeah. it. Right. Right. And he goes, no, clear the decks. Let's go for it. Oh and gosh. within, within five, I met his parents, uh, with on our next date because he invited me to an event where they happened to be. Okay. I met his daughter on the next date after that, because I threw a little father's day thing and, his parents and daughter were there. So like, you can't throw a father's day thing if everybody doesn't come. Right. Yeah, yeah. And then on our fifth week, my daughter flew in with my surviving person. That is like a mom to me. And that was the lady who raised me. She was like a mom. So she came in and everybody wanted to see who this guy was. Right. And after they met him, they just said, you guys have to get married. That, that's it. Week five. You, have, you guys are perfect. Yeah. You guys have to just do this. Jump. Go. So at week eight, he was like, so do you want to, do you want to get married? He went ring shopping, picked out diamonds. I got to go to, you know, Dale Diamond Row and yeah. check which one I wanted. And yeah. that was it. That was it. It was that, that intuition. It was just that clean, that simple. We're thank God. So happily married. He's amazing. And, you know, you can pick a frog the first time, but I got my daughter. You know what I mean? There's like, you know, I got the prince now and, you know, my daughter loves my present husband and you can have the fairy tale. Let's not forget our quote of the day. Okay. So the next one is a quote that you live by. I had to come up with a quote for the statue, this beautiful statue that Mary Ellen Sherl, a famous sculptor, made. And on it, I think I said, a tumor that inspired humor. It's so simple and specific, yep. but I just wanted to convey that no matter how painful or how scary or how dark something appears in your life that if you can step back just a minute and that's these are the strategies that we teach and allow breath and humor because when you laugh you're (laughs) which oxygenates your brain which allows you to think more clearly if you can just take that moment right to not react in the negativity and, and in the drama and just take that moment you may be able to see another perspective. It's now time for Mom Hall, when we share products we love. So is there a product that you're loving right now? So my Mom Hall product happens to be the Tibetan herbs that I take. I was not responding to any treatment whatsoever, three surgeries, 44 radiation treatments, two and a half years of chemo, seven different drugs, and nothing arrested my cancer to the point that it went away. Sunned it a little, but nothing took care of it. And then I had the blessing to meet the Dalai Lama's doctor and have a medical appointment with him. And he gave me a series of four different herbal installments that I have taken every single day since winter of 2000, going into 2001. And within three weeks, 
my cancer slowed. Within six weeks, my cancer stopped growing and then they followed it and tracked it for 18 months thereafter until July of 2002. Wow. I was told that I had no evidence of disease. That wraps up our interview. I cannot thank you enough. Tell our audience again where they can find you. You can find me at comedycures.org or at Comedy Cures. It's C-O-M-E-D-Y-C-U-R-E-S or Saren.com. Show me love. Like I want people to come and say hi to me um, online on my websites. It's just, they're so shiny new, like they're all yes. new. So I just want to love to get your reaction. My online a tag is at Saren Media, S-A-R-A-N-N-E Media, and they cross-pollinate so you can find me either place. Our laugh line, do not forget to call it. It's like a gem, is um, 1-888-HA-HA-HA-HA. That's four ha's. And for all the people that have OCD like me, I know it's eight. And phone numbers are seven. It's okay. The phone company doesn't care that you put the extra ha. Give me the ha. Show me the ha, love, when you do it. And if you dial and laugh at the same time, that's even better for you. And join the Laughter Summit. Sign up for online programs. Anybody you know that's in a challenging way, let them come be part of our community. And you know what? Honestly, if you have extra money, Donate to Comedy Cures. You know, there are buttons on our site. Go to comedycures.org or call us in the office. The information's there. And make a small donation. I mean, we get donations of $1 from kids and from families who are in food stamps. And if you know somebody, like if a super rich aunt somewhere who just wants to give a big grant or I can name something, I can name the laughter summit after you, you can have the <laughs> laughter summit named after your company. You can just, you know, participate. And if, if you can't, you know, we, we have volunteers. If you can't donate money, you can just tell people about our projects, but please, please record your laugh because I want to know that in my lifetime, at least 30,000 people became part of that laughter experience. Amazing. Saran, thank you so much for being a light in our lives and bringing laughter to all of us and all of the people that you meet. You are such a joy and I'm blessed to know you. Thank you for doing Mom Sense. I think the mom conversation is so important. So if you've enjoyed us, if you've loved what you've heard, then just tell your friends, like tell your people, however, you know, spread the word because the way she gets to do what she wants to do is by building this audience. And that's when people in, you know, powerful positions start paying attention. And that's why I raised to do this. Like, we just bang this out so fast because I wanted to be able to publicize mom sense on all my platforms when the world is really paying so much attention to us because of the graciousness of the laughing cow. So I wanted to have the mom sense logo on my page and I wanted to have it all over my social media so people can hear how important the mom conversation is. And that's what you're hearing here. Incredibly unique people doing incredibly inspiring things, just trying to help us moms all live more joyful, more productive, more, you know, 
compassionate and insightful lives and feel understood and yes. heard, right? Yeah. So support mom sense. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Now you're my PR rep. <laughs> I am. It's so good. I love I you. Listened. And you're so talented, you know, so, and in a pandemic, in a pandemic, look, yeah. figuring out ways to make the lives of moms improved. Like, you know, you know how hard that is when you're juggling all this drama to make a commitment every single week to come up with great guests and give them great questions and then do all the technical and then do all the social media. This is a full-time job. And she's giving us this gift and this blessing of mom sense, Mm -hmm. you know, while she's got a husband and all of the demands that are on us. So I'm inspired by you. Thank you. I am inspired by you. Isn't Saran remarkable? I am so thankful that I got a chance to share her story of struggle and survival and success. She has made it her life's work to touch millions and millions of people through laughter, and it truly is the best medicine there is. Be sure to check out her brand new website, saran.com, S-A-R-A-N-N-E, and you can visit my website for show notes and more details about her. And my website is thatstotalmomsense.com. Definitely consider donating to the Comedy Cures Foundation and calling the Laugh Line, which is free, and even joining the Laughing Cow campaign she mentioned. I just recorded my son's laugh, and it just it just made me smile. And I got a chance to listen to other laughs from around the world. It's a really, really cool initiative. And we want to get her to our goal of a 30K by the end of the month. As always, trust your mom's sense. Stay strong, super mamas and super dads. See you next time. Bye. That's total mom sense.